on the news uh oh no this guy sounds like he's gonna murder me oh that's it that's a wrong that's a wrong movie <laughs> sorry about that guys ain't gonna go back in time yeah, hey. that's the right movie but we're not gonna tell you what that is yet Huey Lewis in the news yeah that's Huey Lewis in the news the movie <laughs> the movie the musical that's a hard thing <laughs> that's a hard I can't <laughs> I was saying Huey Lewis Huey Lewis See, and that's the what, News. Okay, before we started this episode, I was trying to say I was listening to the the clip from American Psycho where he's like, "Do you, do you like Huey Lewis and the News?" Before he murders that guy, I don't remember his name. Uh, Anyways, uh, and I was trying to say Huey Lewis, and I was struggling so hard. It's it, syllabically uh, the sounds they just really get your tongue all tied up. Huey, I think you know what you did. Huey. What what kind of name is that? Hubert. Are you are you a duck? Are you one of the duck brothers? <laughs> of, of I forgot the, about the them. duck tails. I was like, who? What? <laughs> Who's a duck named Huey? Huey the duck from Marvel Comics. Huey Louie Dewey in the news. The movie that we're going to be talking about also had as a, an actress from Howard the Duck. Really? She's the main love interest in Howard the Duck and their bestiality relationship. No way. Yep. Okay, more on that. <laughs> more on that in, in a little bit. Now Dude, back to should, Huey Lewis and the news. We should do an episode on Howard the Duck. I honestly would love to watch that movie just for the insanity of it. I don't know if you'd be able to get through it. I could Even I can barely get through it. But we can make like a fun drinking game out That's of it. That's true. Every time I go, oh, God. And then we can record the episode drunk. Yeah. That might be a shit show. And then we shotgun a beer when we see duck boobs. It's, I think it's twice. It's once oh, or twice in the movie. Oh, shit. We'd be super drunk. 80s were a crazy time. Yeah. Well, you guys, welcome back to Big Screen Sweethearts. <laughs> Enough about duck boobs. I'm Trevor. <laughs> I'm Shannon. Thanks for coming back to our podcast, you guys. Yes. This is the final episode in our summer season. In just the summer season. Just the summer season. So don't we, you worry. So don't you worry. Don't make you sure cry. To, to, to follow us so you know so you know we'll, when we'll be back. Yes, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. And TikTok. On TikTokie. At Big Screen Sweetheart. Big Screen Sweethearts. There will be supplemental Trevor and Shannon content, content in the in-between time, in yes. the intercession, in the interim period, if you will. And when we're back, it'll be October, so we're going to be watching spooky movies, Halloween movies. Not scary movies, because I'm a wimp, but spooky movies movies. may be involved, (laughs) will likely be involved, (laughs) but they will be iconic Halloween movies, so make sure you guys get ready for that. Oh, it wouldn't be an episode without a burp. That one was a little wet. Ew! (laughs) That's so gross. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Sorry, guys. We're drinking these prebiotic sodas. I really need one right now. Uh, yeah, clearly, and they they make Trevor burp. I guess. Got to it, clear. It, your it's like a sauna, right? So instead of what? like sweating out the toxins, I just burp them out, and then I don't have to burp later. Because oh. if I don't drink this, then I'll burp 
while I'm asleep. <laughs> Is that true? No, you have never burped in but your I sleep. But I have farted. You, every night. But most people fart when they sleep. Yeah, I would. Or yeah. when they die. <gasps> oh, yeah. Rigor mortis. Yeah. Rigum, Rick, Rick and Morty. No. <laughs> that's not good. Which inspired, with the movie that you, we're talking about inspired Rick and Morty. Yes. Um, you guys, just to get kind of serious for a second, though. Yeah. Uh, we just want to sincerely thank everyone who's been supporting us through this first season through this new project for us um we we had a hard time getting back into the creative groove um Mm -hmm. once the pandemic hit and this has been a really great thing for us to do it's been great for me especially because um this is kind of something i want to do as a career I want to be uh, an entertainment journalist, so this sort of talking about uh, film on on a podcast yeah. fits in with that, and it builds my portfolio. And so it's really awesome to see um, all these people I love supporting me and listening to this, yeah, and who love and support both of us. Yeah, um, and I want to talk for a living, so it's nice to feel supported and talking. And you're great at it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, but seriously, it's it's very special to create something with someone that you love, especially um, in a relationship with two creatives as Trevor and I are. It's nice to have like something that we both are putting creative energy into that yeah. we're really proud of and that we enjoy making. And it kind of challenges us to like just uh, have strength in our partnership in like a completely different way that we would yeah. never... We would never get to have if we didn't start something like this together. So I'm very proud of us and I love you very much. I'm very proud of us and I love you very much. You guys can't see, but we're holding hands right now. (laughs) We're not gross. We just love each other very much. Yeah, guys, love is not gross. No, I hope you all find someone who you want to hold hands with while you're podcasting with. Love is epic, (laughs) actually. Epic. And you know what else is epic? Back to the future. Oh, yes, you guys. This is the last episode of this season, which means that we the day the best for last. has come when I, Shannon Michelle Murphy, have seen Back to the oh Future for the first time ever at the age of 25 years old. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I well, I can't. Well, no, I I can't believe that you haven't seen this movie ever in your in your life. I know. I honestly, I had to second guess myself when we first started watching it. I was like, this feels so familiar for some reason. A- am I just not remembering that I have watched this? But it, I, it I definitely had not. It might also be that. I mean, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. After its release, the the imprint that it had on pop culture, yeah. and. Our favorite word, the zeitgeist. The zeitgeist. Um, is insane. Yeah. The, to, the, it's still, it's its impact is still being felt today in pop culture. Yeah. Unfortunately, on Rick and Morty. Ugh. If you like Rick and Morty, stop fuck listening you. to this no, podcast. Well, you might be cool. Stop some, listening. Some to this people podcast. who like Rick and Morty, but Ugh. chances are, if you are, own a Rick and Morty shirt. Burn it. If you own a pickle Rick shirt, burn don't it. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> stop. Yeah, so um I watched the film for the first time. Trevor watched it for the millionth time, probably. You've seen this movie many, many times. Probably this is probably 
I don't I I don't know because this was one that I watched a lot when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But once I got into like my teen year, I, like I haven't seen it in probably five years. Okay, so when the when the MCU really started picking up, that kind of took precedent in your life. Yeah, for for a long time, and I respect and that. And it's it's a time commitment. It really is. And now it's more of a time commitment than ever. So don't I know it? But don't I know that? It do be worth it sometimes. Yeah, it Go do. Go watch She-Hulk. It do. But also watching old movies is also worth it. Especially yeah. um, as we take a scholarly approach to film history, as we often do. It's fun to see how how impactful, as you're saying, 80s movies have, yeah. have been. And now, you know, we've seen this wave of, of uh, kind of returning to the 80s vibe in new um media so it's really cool it's really cool to see yeah you want to pull up our good friends i mean i mean duh, duh buddy. buddy and give us your best your greatest your final summer movie announcer voice oh man this is a lot of pressure in this 1980s sci-fi classic, small-town California teen Marty McFly is thrown back into the 50s when an experiment by his eccentric scientist friend Doc Brown goes awry. Traveling through time in a modified DeLorean car, Marty encounters young versions of his parents and must make sure they fall in love or he'll cease to exist. Even more dauntingly, Marty has to return to his own time and save the life of Doc Brown. That was a little bit Casey Kasem. Who? Radio radio announcer Casey Kasem, iconic dude. Oh, okay, yeah, it was it was a little radio announcer, but I think it was perfect. But for I an thought 80s movie. for this film it worked. Yeah, I agree completely. It was it was like those like eighties commercials where they have the narrating over it of uh-huh. some guy that is trying to sound like Casey Kasem. Oh, okay. Yeah, those ones. <laughs> Do you yeah. know who Casey Kasem is? No, That's I have okay. no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Kasem. I'm 80 years old, apparently. Apparently. So let's let's do our initial ratings. Okay, you, I'm going to go first because I think it's obvious what mine is. Okay. Five out of five. Oh, the this first. Is a, this, five out of five. Asterix. Certified classic. Oh, certified. This is a certified classic. Certified Trevor classic. No, man, this is. Yeah, it's this, a certified classic yeah. for sure. My initial rating is going to be a three point five. What? Are you, are you surprised? Are you surprised? I'm sad. Well, don't be sad. That's still great. I also give uh, Bullet Train a 3.5. Yeah. That's an, an incredible level of enjoyment for me. But you know me. You know my you know my criteria. <laughs> and unfortunately, there were a, a few moments in this film that aged really poorly. I can't deny that. That I cannot, <laughs> I cannot in good conscience, give it a 5. Okay. Or a 4, even. Okay. But hey, that's where I'm at. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hand the floor over to you so you can talk about your nostalgia for this film before we get into the discussion. So take it away, baby. Okay, so Back to the Future is one of those movies that when I saw it as a kid, I understood that I liked movies differently than most people. Mm-hmm. Um, just to paint a picture, you know, three year old me watching before I've seen Back to the Future watching. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Oh. 
and knowing that in some way I want to do something in my life that relates to movies, whether that was to literally become Tobey Maguire, <laughs> which I thought was what it was when I was a kid, um, or now. Yeah, that's uh, to, still that's to become still a possibility. Entertainment. <laughs> no, oh. I was gonna say now I want to become an entertainment journalist, not become Tobey Maguire. Oh. Uh, I want to be with him. Oh, respect. I love you, Toby. Anyways, so <laughs> because I had this fascination with movies, I was not a Disney kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to Disneyland or anything like that. But I did go to a theme park, ah. which was Universal Studios Hollywood. Yay. And I would literally, I was a weird kid. I wanted to go on the studio tour all the time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to skip school to go on to the Back, back to the Future ride. Which was there before I'm the so Simpsons sad ride. sad that I missed that ride. And it was so much better. Yeah, the Simpsons ride kind of sucks. The Simpsons ride does kind of suck. <laughs> but, you know, it, it was... I wanted to learn more about movies. So mm-hmm. I was shown these sort of classics like Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Like Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. And then I would go to Universal Studios and I would live those movies. Aww. And it was... It was just such a unique experience. It, I don't even know how to describe it. How it's described a lot of the time is the best way to say it is just movie magic. Yeah. Truly. That's something that's made a huge imprint on my life. Yeah. And Back to the Future was one of those movie magic films and moments for me. Yeah. One of the first. In my life. Yeah. I mean, I was a, like I said, I was a weird kid. I'd be on the studio tour. I'd see the town square from Back to the Future and I'd be like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, you guys. I am in Back to the Future right now. Uh, you guys, where's Marty? <laughs> I don't that's, know what else to say about yeah, that. Other that's than, beautiful. Other than I just, I just love this movie. Yeah. And it, and it means a lot to me because of just how it, it cultivated my love of film. Yeah. I think... Not just as like uh, uh, watching movies, mm-hmm. but experiencing movies and experiencing the art behind them. Yeah. I by love that. looking at stuff like the studio tour when I was a kid. I love that. And I love that you, uh, in your adult life, have allowed yourself to return back to that love that you had. Not that it ever really went away, but, you know, sometimes it's hard for kids growing up to understand how they can uh, make like a love like that into a career and I'm yeah. glad that you didn't you know go be a firefighter which you know respect to firefighters obviously but I'm I think that you your love and your passion for filmmaking and movie magic like you're saying um, it would have been a great waste and a, and a, a sad thing for the world to not be able to to let you explore that for the rest of your life. Yeah. So now that I've set that sort of background for me, mm-hmm. I want to hear what you have to say. I well, want you to start off the, the the critical conversation of this. Yes, sir. Um, I will say that your love for it definitely, um, I think, increased my fondness for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved, I had such a good time watching this. Even more than I thought I would have. It was a blast. I was genuinely like 
riveted at points. Um, and I had a, yeah, I had such a great time watching it. And let's get into my points. Let's get into my bullet points. First things first, Michael J. Fox has such an iconic voice. Oh, yeah. Such an iconic. Does he do? He's done a lot of voice acting as well, right? Um, not as much as you that? think he would or have. Or people have just been doing a Michael J. Fox impression when they do, like, more, cool characters. Yeah, more that. It's so... He, he was sounds, on Phineas and Ferb. He was? Yeah. Who was he on Phineas and Ferb? Uh, a werewolf. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he was also Stuart Little in the, mo- in the Stuart Little movie that makes uh, Kobe really upset. That's epic. Um, he sounds like the ultimate 80s West Coast teen. Yeah. And Matthew Broderick sounds like the ultimate 80s East Coast teen. <laughs> yeah. That is the duality of man right there. Matthew Broderick and Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I loved Michael J. Fox in this. I haven't seen a lot of movies with him, but he is such an endearing actor. I really, really enjoyed him. He has like an old face. Like, something about his face doesn't quite look young, but also doesn't look, like, old. Like, it's not like he aged. He just has a unique look yeah, to him. Yeah, he has a unique a unique look to him, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's absolutely hilarious that this movie just opens up on Marty going to Doc's house. And we see, like, a shit ton of clocks. And then he just, like, plugs into a mega amp and then gets, like, <laughs> fucking blasted away. Yeah blasted to smithereens to, and I there's was, no explanation no it's just like hey guys want to see something cool yeah to <laughs> let's introduce this sick ass fucking character yeah by having him play guitar and blow up an amp yeah that was and it. he's and he's holding and the world's smallest no other, guitar another as ex- well <laughs> and he's small michael j fox is small yeah so i have no idea how small so this guitar I know it was is the it's size so of a tiny thimble. Yeah. it was tiny and I just love size of Stuart Little. You know, we watched the John Mulaney bit about the pitch of this <laughs> after we watched the movie, and it's so funny that there's it no explanation really as to why they're friends. Yeah, there's no explanation whatsoever. And I'm like, in that scene, there's a scene at the school when Marty's getting in trouble, and that principal or teacher or whatever is like, "You're still hanging out with Doctor Emmett Brown." That man never amounted to anything. Yeah, and like I'm he, like, like he's a like a slacker college kid or right. something. <laughs> I'm like, like w- was there more dialogue here? Was there an explanation in this scene and it was cut out? I, I don't, don't know. Think there is a, I don't think there is an explanation and I don't think there needs to be because it just adds to the insanity yeah. and the, the high camp factor of this film. Yeah, it, true. But I really was like, I was like, there has to be some sort of explanation like is doc marty from the future and he just changed his name and came back to the past so that he would invent time travel sooner like and obviously that's not the case but my brain was like they had there has to be a reason why these men this boy and this man are so close without having like a familial relationship they're just chill like that it was they're just Oh, damn, you're chill like that? Yeah. Okay, okay, Marty. Yeah, it was hilarious. I also really loved the opening scene, how it was filmed. I loved seeing Marty come in on the skateboard and then watching the skateboard move and hit the box of plutonium. I really loved the following the skateboard shot. That was so cool. And I think um, it also kind of 
introduces you to Marty and how he approaches life at this point in the story mm-hmm. without even showing his face yeah. or telling you who he is. Yeah. Because the way he comes in on the skateboard and then lets it just bump into the plutonium yeah. is really embodies the recklessness of his character Yes. Um, at the beginning of the film. Yes, he he's chill like that. A little That's too what chill. That's it tells us. Yeah, he's a little too chill. Uh, I really loved, yeah, so I loved that whole opening scene. I loved that the clocks went off and then Doc was like, my experiment worked. They're all 25 minutes ahead. <laughs> and then there's no payoff for the 25 minutes ahead thing. I was like, okay, well, the pay, let me keep 25. The payoff 25. Was, was that. Um, he's late for school. That was the payoff. Yeah. I guess there wasn't fair. No, there was no... <laughs> it's just that Doc Brown is silly and goofy. He's a silly, goofy, quirky guy. And, like, I get it. It's a movie about time travel. We're, you know, discussing time right off the bat. Yeah. We're seeing 10,000 clocks right off the bat. I get it. It's on the nose. It's camp. I get it. But I thought that there would be, for some reason, like a payoff of the 25 minutes, specifically. Um, other than... Wait, Doc, are you telling me it's 8.25? I'm late for school. And no, then he goes to that. school. And you know what? Respect. I just thought it was funny. Okay. This was one of the first time travel movies. I was looking that up. I was trying to figure yeah. out when was the it, first. I don't think it was technically the very first. It, right. It's like some way lesser known movie that I can't remember the name of right now. Oh. But it, I would say it's probably the the first like mainstream yeah. uh, time travel film. Yeah. And then that really... S- like paved the way for all these other blockbusters that yeah. um, do time travel and yeah. are still doing time travel. And even like multiversal, in a multiversal stuff, yeah. I think. Definitely the idea yeah. of time travel kicked Well, I was going to say Endgame. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the approach to time travel is very similar. Yeah. And they even reference, like literally reference Back to the Future, right? They're like... Oh, everything, where'd you learn that? Like, the rules of time travel, where'd you learn that from Back to the Future? Am I imagining that? No, I think that's right. I think that's right. Yeah. I think Don Cheadle says something about that. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I loved, I just loved how we're just getting straight into it. Um, his girlfriend, Jennifer, is stunning. Yeah. She's, she's such, just there, though. She's just there, which is really sad, but she's such, like... She's in the second one. An 80s more. babe. But sometimes girls in the eighties in eighties movies look busted. But she's so cute. But she was a timeless beauty. Yeah. They did a great job with her. I hope she is having a great life, whatever she's doing. And then we get to the McFly home. <laughs> and I just wanna know this is my main one of my main issues with the movie. Why did they put those kids in old age makeup and make them the parents in the future as well when they could have cast older people who had like a similar look and it's not that the old age makeup was bad because it wasn't it was fine but the acting was terrible it's silly it's cam it's but i was like you guys 30 years have passed we know because we watched the movie we know that in 1955 you were 17 so you're 47 right now and you're acting and look like you're 70 years old. But it's funny. But I was no, the mom made me uncomfortable. I was like, "Girl, <laughs> well she does that through the jowls, whole movie." With your jowls hanging down, drinking cheap up. 
vodka. A half, a, half a glass of vod- straight vodka. Right. And then uh, Crispin Glover, the, the guy was with his, he was making me uncomfortable. <laughs> Watching Marty McFly watch his dad be fucking bullied by what's his name? Biff. Biff, man, Biff. It's it's sad. It's honestly, it's really sad. Like, Michael J. Fox does a great job in those scenes where he's watching yeah. his dad just get walked all over, and he's like, he doesn't want to say something to make his dad even more upset and like make his dad feel like more of a a pussy. Sorry, excuse my Dude. language, everyone. I'm heated about this, but it's it's sad to see like him not want to step in and like embarrass his dad by saying something to Biff. It's just, I don't know. I did not enjoy the choice of making those kids act as their older selves as well. I personally love that choice. I think it's fantastic. It just, I don't, maybe if they were better actors, I would have loved it, but I think their acting is perfect for this movie. I think it's so over the top and campy and they're they're it's those moments are not really meant to be taken seriously they're they're played for complete comedy i guess but like christopher lloyd's performance that is camp that is comedy gold that's true and to have like that performance juxtaposed with like oh your father and i kissed for the first time at Enchantment under the sea dens. Girl, what happened to you in the last 30 years to make you talk like this? Crazy. So that's my one of my biggest gripes with the movie. I understand that you love the camp of it, and that's fair, and I respect that. But it's like Nutty <sighs> Professor-esque. Okay. Do You don't like what's, Nutty Professor? What's your point there? It's hilarious. But... In Nutty Professor, he's not, like, playing an older version of himself and then acting like he's the no, old he's lady from the Titanic. playing his entire family. Yeah, but that's, like, different characters. That's, that's, I, that's different. I don't know. I don't, what about Click, your favorite movie? My favorite movie, Click? Yeah, Adam Sandler's Click. When, when Adam Sandler, does he play older Adam Sandler yeah. as well? Well, that's Adam Sandler. He can <laughs> he can do no wrong except for Hubie Halloween. I love Hubie it's Halloween. It's not it's not the concept that I that I hate. It's not like it's truly just the acting choices. Okay. Specifically of the mom. I thought Biff was fine. That was fine. But just the whole the mom's whole vibe was just oh, I did not like it. I did not like it one bit. I, I can agree that they that uh, at least um, George McFly, his character, the way that um, Crispin Glover portrays him, there's like no difference between kid him and adult him. Yeah. Which I would say is the point. Yeah. But um, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. It's just. And personally, I think his performance is really funny. I, I Especially enjoy- when they're at the dance and he looks at his at his watch and he just goes like (laughs) no like i enjoyed crispin as he was george flying the 50s i liked i liked his moments back then but i did not did not enjoy his uh, 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 at the the freaking 
TV in the 80s. And yeah, I just, no, it was just <sighs> the mom. I'll have more to say. <laughs> I'll have more to say about Miss Thing. What was her name? Uh, Martha? Margaret? Maggie? Martha. Mary? I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm just naming old lady name. Lorraine. 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 That is a classic old lady name. Yeah. Lorraine, you made me uncomfortable, girl. In on many occasions. Yeah. Um, Einstein the dog. Great dog actor. Yeah, great dog. And dude, and he was there when time travel first happened. He was the first time traveler. Yeah, officially. And that's incredible. And I'm very happy for him. Yeah. And I did get sad for a moment because inevitably that dog is not alive anymore. Um, but I was going to look up what other films he was in, but that's silly. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh, but he did a great job. I enjoyed his performance very much. He was a great dog. And that brings me to my next point. The Libyans? Uh, yeah, that hasn't aged well at all. At that, all. It, the, it wasn't the terrorists, as... The terrorists. That wasn't as bad as it could have been, though. I literally... That's my next note. It's not as intensely racist as an 80s movie no. could have been that does not give it's it like, points it's like as racist as like indiana jones yeah maybe even less racist because mm -hmm. indiana jones can get pretty bad sometimes yeah especially when i think at, at, at the very least the the actors who portrayed the terrorists were not white they were not white they were hispanic that's true. Which is like Might that was a huge trope in like this era of, of yeah. Hollywood was any brown skinned actor. They were just like, oh, you can play any non-white person. Then, yeah. Is what I'm gathering. And that's just not true. That's just not correct. But also like. I don't know. I was just like, girl, you had to do all that. Yeah, that was a little much. It could have just been like uh, a like a mobsters or something yeah it could have just been like a mysterious force from the future coming back to kill doc yeah and then that would have given you more stuff to play on in the future films but i like how well first of all i don't think they knew that they were going to make a sequel that's true and because that's not how movies worked back in this time that's true um and also it kept if you brought that sort of element in it would take away from the groundedness of the adventure because it is mm -hmm. it's like it is an adventure mm -hmm. um but it is very small scale yeah, and it's, it's very personal it's definitely yeah that is very true. which is one of my favorite things about it is it's it's it is sci-fi yeah it is about time travel but they keep it on such a small personal scale yeah it's not like we have to go save the entire world right it's just look at this experiment and then an accident happens yeah yeah that is a very good point um yeah, I I just they just didn't need to do all that. They didn't need the them to be terrorists. He, no. Yeah, he could have gotten the plutonium from anyone. Yeah. They didn't have to be Libyan people. Yeah. Very random and I yeah, wonder Yeah, I cringed every time uh Marty was like the Libyans. Yeah. I'm like was there something was there a war like between the US and Libya at any point in the like 80s that made this on the top of their minds i don't Maybe. know but uh, man that was that was a rough part and then later on in the movie when we see some of the only people of color in the movie who are the band at the 
Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Uh, and they are called a racial slur by one of the characters. It was, I, I like, I get it. It was the 50s at that time, and they were trying to make a point of racism, I suppose. It was like a like a really bad, like, girl boss moment that you would see in a movie nowadays, though. Yeah, because they were like, what the hell did you just say to us? Yeah, and then, and they, then all they all out. got out of the car, right. <laughs> so that was like, ooh, wow. But, again... You didn't have to do that. No, and then they, as John Mulaney said, uh, implied that a white man wrote Johnny Be Good. Right. Why they got to <laughs> take that from Chuck? From Mr. Chuck Berry. I don't know. Crazy. I do like, I really enjoy the line where uh, Marty's playing with the, the band, and then he's like, you guys aren't ready for that one, but your kids are going to love it. That's iconic. Yeah. That's an iconic line. Um, as I mentioned before, Christopher Lloyd is a genius is a comedic yeah. genius this isn't uh, no one else could have played doc no li- th- this is a, a case of like he was literally born to play this character yeah he and is so funny his, his physicality is hilarious yes he needs just to be, his eyes alone yes. made, made me crack up so yeah. often he needs to be talked about with the likes of like jim, jim carrey. carrey yeah yeah he is that he is great that of of a comedian yeah. and like just he is so rooted in the reality of this insane character like and that's what makes doc so lovable is he christopher lloyd believes everything that doc is saying yeah doc knows everything in his world to be true and real and it's just it's so grounded and insane at the same time it's perfect it's absolutely perfect and I was gonna. I was looking up to see if he had passed away. And no, he he's has still not. Alive. Thank goodness. And he was in Nobody. Yeah. Yeah, he was his dad, right? Yeah. He was um, Bob Odenkirk. Remember? Dad. Well, I think I might have called him Doc when we were watching it, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, probably. <laughs> and then I was not. I was not versed. No, in... he he came. If you guys haven't seen Nobody, you should watch it. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, but he, <laughs> there's like, there's in like the big finale. He like pops into a warehouse and just starts mowing people down with a shotgun. Yeah, it was with really cool. Old-ass Christopher Lloyd. It's so yeah. freaking good. I really want him to have just like a, a comedic renaissance before yeah. before he retires for good. He um, hasn't had that many like iconic roles besides Doc. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah. Insane. I wouldn't be surprised Maybe if he doesn't he's had want like to. an illustrious stage career, though. He feels like he would be a great stage yeah. actor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he has. Christopher Lloyd king we love you yeah you're incredible and i'm sorry they disrespected you like that on rick and morty yeah that's that's rude rude unacceptable we're not gonna speak of that show (laughs) once more on this episode okay okay so michael jake fox is so precious as marty i get it like i see why people cherished this movie so much because Mm -hmm. he was a really endearing leading man for yeah. this movie. He just, yeah, it's it's so sad to know that he is, isn't able to, you know, act D- yeah. in the same capacity anymore because of his Parkinson's, because he really was like... But he's a legend, dude. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure a legend. Um, I, I love his character growth in this movie, too. Yeah. Because, like, when you he's first introduced... He's almost like a, to bring it back to our first episode of the season, mm-hmm. he's almost uh, Maverick-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
He, he's a lot like Maverick, actually, but not That's quite really as fucking point. creepy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's he's this bad boy, like, dating this girl, but watching other girls pass by. Yeah, um, that was... <laughs> that honestly felt, like, out of character. I didn't think so. For not, him. Not, not when not he's first beginning. introduced. Okay, that's fair. But I think this adventure that he goes on, it makes him appreciate life mm -hmm. and makes him realize how important the choices that he makes are. Yeah. That's the that's my favorite thing about yeah, this movie. That's really that's really I love that he's able to do for his dad what he wasn't able to in the 80s yeah. by influencing him in the 50s. Yeah. And it happens by accident like he's just trying to protect his dad and like get him out of the way of the car and yeah. then it screws everything up, but I love that he's able to teach him how to stand up for himself and like just changes his entire like obviously when he goes back to the future things are still like relatively the same they still live in the same house and like he's the same person but um his dad's life has just completely changed yeah uh i really i really enjoy that that relationship and that growth and how marty is able to you know do that for his dad yeah i really love that and i love what they did with marty um mm -hmm. i think one of the, the the most fun parts of this movie is seeing this uh Super cool guy type mm -hmm. of character, Sonic the Hedgehog s character. Very much so. <laughs> well, I guess Marty McFly inspired Sonic the Hedgehog. That's epic. That's my theory. I love that. A game theory. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Um, <laughs> but you take this too cool for school character. I didn't want to say too cool for school because that's really cheesy. But it's um, true. Because he goes to school. Um, he is educated. But he sleeps late. <laughs> He's tardy. Yeah. Um, and then you throw him into this completely unknown environment and he loses all his cool yeah he still he still tries to be tough and like at the end of the day like he stands up for his parents yeah um but it's so fun seeing him like completely lose his like sense of confidence and everything yeah it's it's so fun yeah i like it a lot yeah and when you see that i mean um not to go too far off topic but um the way in which he acts when he's back in the past mm -hmm. i'm like oh my god if they if they had just made a version of spider-man in the 80s oh my god he would have been a perfect he Peter would have fucking nailed it yeah he would have been amazing yeah i was thinking that when we were watching it too yeah I, I remember you mentioning that to me and i'm like that was such a missed opportunity <sighs> he would have got yeah I mean, imagine how you know the how world much I, changed. Yeah, I know, right? That's so but you crazy. know, I love all the the actors who have played Peter Parker. Yeah. But I really think that um, I keep wanting to call him Marty Marty McFly. What is his name? Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Michael J. Fox would have blew blow them all out of the water. Yeah. The intricacies that he would have been able to pick, uh, combine all together. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing a Spider-Man movie in the '80s would have been. The camp that that would have been, yeah. it would have been unmatched. Would have been crazy. Wow. Oh, if only. Um, yeah. As as we were saying though, I really loved Marty's character. I loved his his relationship, like to Doc. I love his relationship to his parents. Yeah. Um, and I, it's clear how much he cares. Yes. That's he has another a heart thing. of gold. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I for the most part. Except for how he wants to uh, 
uh, simulate that his mother is getting essayed, which ah! has not aged well at all. I was just about to say, <laughs> the stuff with the mom is disturbing at times. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I think it's like really good cringe comedy. It's like fantastic cringe comedy. Just the situation. Yeah, situationally, yes. I but just when when you get to um, the part at the dance, yeah, is when it goes, and and like, I don't know. I don't know how. Like sometimes I'm like, okay, I guess, mm-hmm. because like you can see that Marty definitely does not want to do it mm-hmm. when he first brings it up mm-hmm. that he knows that it's horrible. Mm-hmm. But why do <laughs> do it at all? Right. It is very strange. Right. Well, I mean, she did say, I think a man should be strong. Yeah. So I guess it needed to be a situation in which he's like, George is protecting her. But man, it was just, I just think I really did not enjoy the performance of the actress who played Lorraine. Really? Because she was like creepy, like, but not like, like, oh, this situation is creepy. Like she just seemed like should be admitted into a psych ward to me at, at points. I was she like... She was kind of a femme cell. I did not... Yeah. I was like, just not... I was not with it at times. Female incel, for those who don't know. Oh, but the... Yeah, the... How she just, like, resigned herself to being essayed was really sad. Yeah. But that was the 50s, yeah. I guess. But, man, it was... It was tough to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So the mom was just kind of not my favorite part of the movie, but um, I really loved. I loved. I don't know. I'm. I was gonna say I loved her relationship to Marty, but no. I did not. I it's, really did not. It's a a. It's so strange how iconic this movie is with how strange the story is. Yeah. Who thought of this? I don't know. It's a, it's kind of Robert Zemeckis. Oh, Robert, I hope I hope you've been to therapy, my friend. I don't think he has. Oh boy, I really loved the soundtrack of the movie. Yeah, Mr. Huey. Oh man, Mr. Huey uh, Lewis, you did a, a great job with the songs for this one. It was just that one song, baby. No, there were two. Oh, that's right. The power of love. The power of love. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Alan Silvestri, his mm. his theme for this. <gasps> Oh, it's one so of the literally good. one of the best of all time. It's so good. It's up and, there with like Jurassic Park yeah. and 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 he's still killing it because he did he the Avengers now? theme. No way. Yeah, he's amazing. Wow. I've, I hope he has awards. Oh yeah. That's yeah. He's that's a amazing. genius. That's oh. But whenever I, I think of like I like iconic movie music, I think of the Back to the Future theme. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. So cinematic. Yeah, it's so great. I thought this movie was so well paced. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah, it's it it picks up the pace really quickly and it just never lets up. Yeah. It, and it the progression of it is fantastic. Yeah. We it's didn't not spend... that it's paced super fast. It's just that it always holds your attention. There's yeah. never a lull. Yeah. We didn't spend too much time in the beginning in the eighties. Yeah. I loved the little moments we set up that were like, okay, these things then we saw them I think what it mirrored is, is in that, the fifties. Yeah, I think what it is is that everything is intentional. Yeah. There's nothing yes. that's derivative to the plot. Yes. 
everything is so focused absolutely yeah and i'm glad like obviously with a story like this and especially back then when it was you know kind of pioneering time travel narratives Mm -hmm. it was really smart of them to have it be so focused yeah um yeah i thought especially when it gets to the point of like they decide okay so we're gonna make a new flux capacitor we're gonna have it done on this day then we know okay so there's gonna be some time in between where we're gonna see the progression of these relationships then boom it's the day i thought that section the middle section was so perfectly uh paced and then when it gets to the night of the prom Mm -hmm. i was riveted yeah the drama of that whole segment of the movie was so well played the stakes were so high the camp was so high yeah and when doc when he drops the cable and then doc is like trying to plug it back in i was truly like how how is he gonna do that that's oh it was so well done it was so so good such a great one, one of my favorite dramatic moment in yeah, such one, a comedic movie. One of my favorite moments in movies ever yeah. is just that whole the scene in the in the town square. Yeah. When and they're trying so, to get the lightning to strike and, and so Doc 80s. is just all over the place. It's so good. Yeah. It was it was just great. And Christopher Lloyd, again, incredible performance. And he's being serious. He's not being overly comedic. Yeah. In this scene, he just built that the character of Doc so well. Just incredible. I loved the DeLorean. Yeah. I didn't think I would have any thoughts about it, but I really enjoyed it. The DeLorean it. is so cool. It was so, it, it's like such a random choice for a time machine, mm-hmm. but very 80s and, but also at the same time, timeless. I don't know what it yeah. is about the design of DeLoreans, but they just lend themselves to sci-fi so well. Yeah. It's like the angles. Yeah. It's like angled it's definitely and the, smooth. Like the, the doors. Yeah. All oh, that. yeah. The doors lifting up. Yeah. Absolutely. I loved that when Marty went back to the future. He saw how he affected his dad and how that in turn affected the rest of their family. But I thought it was so silly that the siblings still lived at home in this reality. Yeah, that was really silly. I was like, bro's got a three-piece suit on and he's living with his parents still. I really think that the the family scenes are not meant to be taken super seriously. Yeah. I think those are some of the most high camp and high uh, comedy filled scenes in the movie. Yeah, definitely. I also really loved his sister. I thought she was. Yeah, I thought she was really, really funny. funny. I really liked. She's her like um, Daria. Yeah, or I was gonna say uh, Aubrey Plaza's character yeah. from Parks and Rec. <laughs> What's her name? Yeah. Um. Oh man, April. April. She's like April. Yeah. That's really funny, baby. I like that. <laughs> oh, man. But she was the blueprint for for April, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Um, I also, I really loved the setup at the end with Doc coming back. And, like, we learned that Marty and Jennifer end up together and they have kids. I was like, oh, that's, that's yeah. cute. I like this kind of full circle ending. And then the flying car at the end looked really good. Yeah, a lot of the special effects, aside from when uh, Marty is disappearing... <laughs> oh my god which looks so ridiculous a lot of the special effects have really held up yeah and i'll talk about that more in my uh, now this is cinema okay but there's one moment that literally gives me chills to this day mm. and i whenever i see it i'm like honestly fuck cgi yeah but uh, with a lot of the stuff practical in this movie i'm like it is just th- though the way that practical effects are done in this movie that is movie magic right yeah, there absolutely absolutely yes I really loved, and I was wondering, was this remastered? 
like the flying car at the end? No. Because it, it really it looks that good where I was like, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. I really loved it. Overall, well, thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Minus the racist parts and the um, creepy mom parts. Yeah. <laughs> I was also going to say I really liked the, the third act payoff of the note that... Um, <gasps> yes. and And you can see, even in their small interaction together... Doc cares so much about Marty yeah. that he went and found all these pieces of paper that he tore up, yeah. tore up in his moment of weakness, taped them back together, read the note, and then years down the line, l- let Marty basically save his life. Yeah, I loved that. And it was also really cool, like uh, when Marty sees his pa- like his past self. Uh huh. And I almost wish that they would have interacted, but that would have. Made a whole can yeah, of worms. Absolutely. If this if that movie if this movie was made today, they would have interacted, and then the sequel would have been set up. Yeah. Uh huh. There so you go. I'm, I actually at the end of the day, I'm glad that they didn't do that. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I love that there wasn't like over explanation of the rules of time travel, yeah. and in the end, Doc was just like, I thought, why not? Yeah. I mean, some why of the science in this movie doesn't life. make sense. No, but that's fine. But that's fine. I don't. The thing about science fiction movies, yeah, I don't need accurate. it to make sense because I'm not going to understand it. No. No matter what. So I actually you might hate, as well make it fun. I actually hate when sci fi movies make stuff really logical. Yeah, and over explain it. Yeah. I'm like, it's ugly. Science fiction, girl. Shut up Patrick Bateman. Not science nonfiction, <laughs> ma'am. I'll watch Bill Nye for yeah. that, please. Um, And also, the closing line in this movie is probably the best closing line of all time. It's iconic, and I never knew that it was from this. Yeah. Where we're going, what we a, don't need roads. Yeah, and I, I can't even imagine be, like seeing this in the 80s, and like they drop that line, and then you see a car fly in the air. Your mind is blown. <laughs> I'm, your I'm not your sure, mind is blown. Um, I'm not sure if... Because if, I know this movie was funded by Steven Spielberg. Oh, really? Um, yeah, he's the producer. We love you, Steven. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if... Uh, uh, oh, man, what is the name of his company that worked on um, Star Wars and, and a bunch of other movies, big blockbusters? Uh, oh, my God. I was literally just watching a documentary series about why it. Why do I feel like it's... Light. Searchlight. No, it's not that. It's it's like light, light and something. This is Industrial stressing. Light and Magic. Industrial Light and Magic. Yes. I'm. I think ILM did the car at the end. Oh, okay. That would make because sense. they were the pioneers of that sort of stuff at this time. Uh, um, I mean, and Steven, even if they didn't, oh my God, Steven it still looks Spielberg so good. Really is. He's gonna go. I mean, he's already gone down in history, but he's one of the greatest. Yeah. Of all, he is revolutionized. Oh yeah. Media. Yeah. Movies, film, everything. We love you. But yeah, even if he didn't do it, even if it wasn't them, it looked great. Whoever yeah. did it, I was very and impressed. Can you believe this is? This was only Robert Zemeckis's third big film. That's crazy. And this, the the level of iconic that some of his movies have become mm-hmm. is insane. Yeah. People don't put do you, like when you think of directors, do you think of Robert Zemeckis? No. No. Absolutely not. But Back to the Future. Right. And Forrest Gump. Mm. I didn't know he did Forrest Those Gump. Those two alone. That's, that's movie but history. But the only movies he did before this one, um, at least his like major movies, were like a, a movie about the Beatles called 
uh, I want to hold your hand. Oh. Or about Beatles fans, like the Beatle oh, uh, fever. Beatlemania. Beatlemania, yeah. And then um, uh, Romancing the Stone, that really oh. silly uh, <laughs> action yeah. movie with Michael Douglas. I, I know Romancing the Stone. I remember yeah. seeing that VHS. And Danny DeVito. In my home. Danny DeVito was in that? He was a villain, yeah. That's very or funny. Or was that the sequel? I don't know. Regardless, but. Robert is a part of cinema history oh, forever. Yeah. That's amazing. And then he made the Witches reboot, so... Oh, well, take him out of the history books then. <laughs> His history It's ends. okay. They already pulled yeah. it off HBO Max <gasps> like they did everything else. Good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I really I understand the, the nostalgia for this movie. I get it. Yeah. I was worried that I was going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, but... Um, it's it really was lightning in a clock tower. What the heck? It is lightning in a clock tower. Yeah. The the type of blockbuster that this helped pave the way for mm-hmm. is a staple in pop culture. And um, I really don't know where movies would be without this yeah, movie. Yeah, honestly. It's fantastic. It's so... And it's, what, what's even more lightning in a bottle about it is that it took such a strange story to work time travel into. Yeah. And at least for me, I know... Like you would say, maybe not for you, hmm. but it works so well. And what it, the story? Yeah. Yeah. No, the story. The story works for me. It's just the problematicness. It's just the problematicness, and unfortunately, the performance from the mom. Okay. I think honestly, I think with different acting she choices, was, she was better in Howard the Duck. Oh, she's in Howard the Duck. Yeah. Oh. Who did you think I was talking about? I thought you were talking about the girlfriend. Oh, no, no, no. Wow, interesting. Well, then we'll watch Howard the Duck, and I'll make a, a different decision <laughs> she's not about better that in actress. That. No, she's better in this movie. Oh, Lord. And now she does Hallmark movies. Really? I think so. That's not surprising. Uh, I really I really look forward to watching this movie again. Yeah. Yeah, this will be something, like, when I'm feeling like, oh, let's watch something camp, let's watch something, like, that we are going to have some nostalgia for. I'm looking forward to watching it again. And I'm also looking forward to watching the second one and third one. I'm very happy to hear that. I'm glad. Makes me shed a tear. Don't cry. It's okay. Are you ready to share your Now This Is Cinema? Yes. Okay. Ready? Let's say it. Now, now this, this is, is cinema. cinema. So for me, um, it happens very early on in the film when they're in um, the mall parking lot, the Twin Pines mall parking lot, mm-hmm. and when Einstein is in the car mm-hmm. and they take it for the first um, true time traveling uh, test. Uh-huh. It's not even a test. It's the first time travel ever. Uh-huh. Um, and when it comes towards them and it's speeding up, it's about to hit 88 miles per hour. Mm-hmm. And then it disappears. It, it bursts into light. And the flames go past their legs. I love the And flames. there's the shot of how the flames go past them, like where the wheels would be. Yeah. It's like a, like a landscape shot. Yeah. Um, a wide shot. Oh, my God. I get chills every time. It was really good. It, it does look a little bit silly now. Yeah. But... I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't, yeah. like, if you did that with CGI now, I'd be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. But the way that they they made it feel so um, tangible. Yeah. 
Because now, if it was done now, there wouldn't be those flames. It would just, like, go into a wormhole yeah. and disappear. There wouldn't be the flames. And, yeah, I love the stripe of the flames. I yeah. think that's so cool. And watching them both turn around in awe. Yeah. I just, oh, I love it it's, so much. I loved it, too. My Now This Is Cinema comes in my favorite segment of the movie, The End, when they're trying to get him back to the future. And um, Marty is yelling at Doc to, like, he's trying to tell him, I have to tell you that you're going to die, you know. And Doc's like, no, you have to go. Like, the time is running out. And for some reason, when Marty is running back to the DeLorean and he slides on the hood of the DeLorean and then jumps in and then, like, whips the car around, that was that's my Now This Is Cinema. Yeah, that's be- like iconic. better than every fa- uh, Fast and Furious movie. Yes, <laughs> yeah, F- yeah. Frick you, Vin Diesel. <laughs> Michael J. Fox did it better. I just love. And you know what? It was so cool. It is about family. It is about family. family. It really, it really was. Yeah. It really, really was. That's In my kind of fucked up way. But Ooh. everybody's family is fucked I up. I loved so that moment. Okay. True. And I was like, yeah, that's such an epic blockbuster hero cool guy moment i loved it i loved it a lot i love this movie so much you're very happy that i enjoyed it i am very happy i I was worried when you first rated it but i'm so happy that you love it so much yeah i loved it so much something else i wanted to add about my this is cinema is i think especially with that scene and how well it's pulled off Mm -hmm. um i think i also it's like sort of attached to my childhood because of seeing um, all the special effects and how they worked on the studio tour at Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. And then I think in my brain, those are connected. I wish we could go back in time and go on the studio tour yeah. with this. Oh. Maybe someone recorded it somewhere. S- we similar reasons it. why I love Jaws so much. Yeah. We should watch Jaws soon. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you guys. I think we're ready to give our final ratings. Yes, mine's actually going to be a six out of five. Oh, my goodness. No, five out of five. All right. Certified I think, classic. Oh, man. I'm going to I'm gonna keep mine at a 3.5. No! I'm sorry. I really was teetering back and forth to going up to a four. But is it mostly just because of the problematicness? It's the problematicness and it's the, the performance. The performance. From, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And since I've heard that part of it. I can understand it. You respect my choice. I respect Thank it. Thank you. But 3.5 is a very enjoyable movie on and the Shannon yeah, scale. Yeah, and, and you know what? And like we said, with how much we enjoyed Bullet Train, yeah. a 3.5, is it doesn't te- really mean no. that you didn't love it. Yeah, it means I, I still enjoyed yeah. it very much. I'm just talking myself through this because yeah. I love this movie so much and I love you. And I love you and I'm glad that I loved this and I didn't have to pretend because I would have pretended for your feelings. Ah. But I, I promise you, that I promise you, this not. was not pretend <laughs> this whole thing. So that makes our final She's a good official, I'm an actress, <laughs> and a fi- our official big screen sweethearts final rating yes. of Back to the Future. I couldn't think of the name for a second. <laughs> Back to I was going to say of Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, 10 out of 10. Yeah, Michael J. Fox, 11 out of 10. Yes. But of Back to the Future, our official big screen sweethearts rating is in 8.5. 8. out of 10. Which is close to its Metacritic score. Well, there you go. I think it was great. I understand the nostalgia. And now I have nostalgia for it, even though I didn't watch it when I was young. I really loved it. Let's get into my favorite questionably named segment. 
the crazy name credits. game. Crazy credits. The name game. <laughs> 80s movies, you either have a treasure trove of names or oh, everyone is named Bob and Chuck. Paul Allen. And Paul. But this Oh, time, that's the guy that he was trying to kill in American Psycho. That I was trying to name. Paul Allen? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. You remembered it. <laughs> My... The whitest name of all time. Yeah. Besides Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Ugh. The name that I uh, selected, the person who I would love to give a shout out to, is Mr. Bones Howe. Bones Howe, you did a great job. You got a really cool name. And And, Howe. And and (laughs) Howe. And thank you for that. (laughs) You You think his wife's name is Anne Howe? I hope so. That would be really funny. Bones and Anne Howe. I would like to give a shout out to a man... Who has, I probably, I mean, I hope he has some very special talents with his private parts. Oh. Because his name is Dick Babbin. Dick Babbin. That Dick B. Babbin. I feel like you've had another name similar to this in this season. It was, it, I feel like, was it in Top Gun? Maybe. It was like Jabin, Jabin, Jabin Dickens. Yeah, Jabin Dickens. That's crazy. That's such a good name. Dick Babbin is close for the top spot, I gotta say. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. You guys. And don't forget to to follow us on socials and on Spotify Mm -hmm. to hear our dicks babbin. (laughs) What? (laughs) I was trying to segue. I don't know what that means. I was trying to segue. You know, still follow us on socials. Definitely. <laughs> that was a good... I enjoyed the segue. You know, I've been doing it, segues like every episode. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> He's like, Paul Blart over here. What the fuck? Because <laughs> he <laughs> drives a Segway. Join us in um, <laughs> September for many, many episodes of all the Paul Blart movies. Well, let's kidding. not do that. We're not going to do that. No, we don't. We're not a Kevin James household. No. Oh, Lord, Ever you guys. Ever since we saw that comedy special he did that made fun of people with food allergies for an entire I hour. I can't. Speaking of food, we're going to go eat some dinner. Oh, yeah. We're going to see you guys in October. We're going to see you guys. Thanks say, thanks so much for listening and joining us through this summer blockbuster journey. Thank you so much. Hopefully you take some time to watch these movies if you haven't seen them already. Um, and if you do, hit us up. If you know us in real life, send us send us a message you don't know us in real life for some reason shoot us an instagram dm and we'd love to talk to you guys about these movies yeah and again thank you so much for listening yeah there was a first in this episode with her watching back to the future go have a first for yourself oh yeah let's end it on that inspiring note that's beautiful go watch a new movie and experience some movie magic you guys yeah all right we love you love you guys Bye. bye